Welcome to The Beat, Knox County Public Library's poetry podcast. Today we'll hear Gary Mitras read his poems, The Engagement, Lent, and Another Winter. Mitras will follow with a tribute to the poet Simon Perchik, who died in June of last year. Mitras will be reading Perchik's poems 3 and 482 from Perchik's book, The Family of Man Poems. Here's a poem of mine that celebrates a Ukrainian folk custom. Its title is The Engagement. The bride-to-be sews a pillow for the marriage bed. Cross-stitches are designed from Ukraine so old it's not in any book, but shown by grandmothers to mother to daughter. The cloth white as a winter field near Lviv. The needle pulls thread tight a red, deepest pain or love, works its way through snow. The green, the brown of earth, live again in young hands. A thin gold line is the hope for greedless wealth. Pink is for baby's cheek. Two blues color sky and dream. Black confines the shapes. At the pillow's center, a bird flies. She locks the bird in chains of diamonds far from the flowers along the edge. Each time the needle enters cloth, she whispers, Do I believe he loves me? A thousand stitches, a thousand whispers, and in that last knot, tucked and tufted on the inside where no one else can see, is the answer. The second poem is from my newest book, Vanishing Points, published in October 21 by Dos Madres Press in Ohio. It treats a rather mundane subject, but I hope in a novel way. The poem is called Lint. It doesn't bother me to have lint in the bottoms of pant pockets. It gives the hands something to do, especially since I no longer hold shovel, hod, or hammer, in the daylight hours of labor, and haven't, in fact, done so in fifty-five years. A long time to be picking lint from pockets, perhaps even long enough to have gathered sacks full of lint that could have been put to good use, maybe spun into yarn to knit a sweater for my wife's Christmas present, or strong thread whirled and woven into a tweedy jacket. Imagine entering my classroom in a jacket made from lint. Who would believe it? Yet there are stranger things. The son of a bricklayer with hands so smooth they're only fit for picking lint. This poem is called Another Winter. Old Tom, mountain beyond the backyard, sleeps like a titan. For you, this is just another winter. The snow numbs, the wind chafes. Dream is your retreat. The valley you sprang from has been measured, marked, cut, and built on, as if there was nothing else for men to do. When the snow comes, where will those boundaries be? Your flank was hacked out like a tumor, 
so we could ski in our health. An antenna is your crown, blinking the night-long journey we think will last eternity. The scrub pine bend under snow. You hardly flinch in your waiting, in a deep mystery of your stone. The land would be barren without your height, like a boy with no father or man without God, a monotony beyond us all. When the snow melts, sluicing down your wind-sculpted side, a few more trees will be cut, a foundation or two dug to gape with the emptiness hopes are built from. And then new neighbors who look at you in June deliciousness and wonder what to do with time while you attend all the winters to come. This is Gary Mitris with a tribute to Simon Perchick, who died this past year at age 98. Simon was a very prolific poet and a very talented one. I first met Simon Perchick in the early 1980s at the old New York City Small Press Book Fair in Midtown Manhattan. I was a new small press poetry publisher, and this was my first year displaying the titles. Cy worked his way among the rows of tables of small press publishers. When he approached my table, he read my sign, Adastra Press, East Hampton, Massachusetts. He told me he lived in East Hampton, New York. We talked about the chapbooks I had on my table, who the poets were, where the chapbooks were printed, how could such handcrafted works be priced so reasonably. He told me he had published in a little magazine along with a couple of my poets and that he had a couple of letterpress chapbooks from a New York publisher. I told him I owned an antique printing press and a dozen drawers of metal type, what Johann Gutenberg called movable type, that my print shop was in the basement of my house and that I did all the printing and binding myself. When he told me his name, I said I had a couple poems in journals that his poetry was also in. From these commonalities, we struck up a friendship, as coincidental as that. I asked if he had had lunch, and he said no. I said, let's go lunch in the cafeteria. We did, as simple as that. And we lunched every year during the book fair for about 18 years. Our conversations were wide-ranging, sympathetic, and not always about poetry. But we did talk poetry, our writing habits, our poetry heroes, our favorite little magazines. We had agreements and disagreements, but that's okay in the world of poetry, as in everywhere else. Cy was a prolific poet. He wrote a lot and published a lot. In the old annual directory of poetry publishers from Dust Books in California, the publisher, Len Fulton, would catalog the poets most frequently mentioned by editors as recently published in their journals. And every year, Simon Perchick was in the top three. That's how often Cy published his poems. That's how much people liked, if not loved, the poetry of Simon Perchick. This is poem number three of Simon Perchick's The Family of Man poems. Here, Cy contemplates his walking cane, its possible evolution from a tree branch, from the birds that once nested in that tree, and the implications of growing older, closer to death. Such associations are pure poetry. My cane peeled clear, 
the way a morning sky would bear more weight. This bird waited too much, feathers like firewood, the road on fire, as if I were planting trees that grow into crosses, and the dirt still blowing slowly across the wings that stir, that crack. My cane, leaf over leaf, each bird holds on, a dry, bent branch, till something like a hand guides, step by step, a place the dirt will stop moving, the dead everywhere, listening for horns, for winds to curve the shadow as the earth each night. This road careens into morning. The dead hear nothing. They hear my back that struggles like the sun. They hear between my shoulder blades. Something tries to lift this bird. They hear another chance. It would be enough. And my cane that sniffs the ground like a god could hear, hear, hear. Call up a morning. No one, not even the sun, ever hears. This is poem number 482 from Simon's The Family of Man Poems. This is a much later creation that shows both the progress of size associative imagination and its staying power. In this poem, Sai is standing at his sink, turning the faucet, and this is how his imagination blossoms from that simple routine action into a poem. These iron faucets, one for water from the south, its twin icy streams, and every morning I turn two valves, the way each child is born, from riverbeds and the sink, filling with skies, with open seas, where the sun looks at its reflection, the light half wind, half bathing in earth. Every morning, a few drops on my forehead, just enough sunlight to remind us all how death, when this bowl drains, as if a great wave beginning at sunrise, continent over continent, you see it in stands when the crowds wait for the crest to be carried together, washing the water with water not yet, whirlpools and absences. I hold these two tools, not sure what it is I'm making, or loosening, or stone from stones that weep even in wells, were brought to this basin, and like a sudden flower, points where the sun and my hand, too, wants to go home. You just heard Gary Mitros read The Engagement, Lent, and Another Winter. Mitros followed by reading 3 and 482 from Simon Perchick's book, The Family of Man Poems. Mitros was kind enough to record for us at his home in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Gary Mitras is a retired high school English teacher and college writing instructor. His poems have appeared in America, The Common, Poetry, and many others. Mitras has published eight books, including his latest called Vanishing Points. His book Marble Dust is forthcoming from Cervena Barva Press. Mitras was the founder 
editor and letterpress printer of Adastra Press, a venture that for 40 years specialized in limited editions of poetry chapbooks. In 2018, Mitras was appointed the inaugural Poet Laureate of East Hampton, Massachusetts. Simon Perchick was born in 1923 in Patterson, New Jersey. During World War II, he joined the Army Air Corps, flew 35 missions overseas, and reached the rank of first lieutenant. Thanks to the GI Bill, he attended New York University, where he earned a bachelor's degree and a law degree. Perchick practiced for 25 years before becoming an assistant DA for Suffolk County and its first environmental prosecutor. He retired in 1980 to spend more time writing and eventually went on to publish more than 30 books. I was lucky enough to get to talk to Simon Perchick back in the late 90s when I was poetry editor at a small literary magazine. We talked about his publishing strategy and he said he went through the listings of magazines and journals in the poet's market and he sent to publishers in alphabetical order from A to Z with no rhyme or reason other than that. When he got a call from an editor at The New Yorker wanting to publish one of his poems, Perchick thought it was a prank and told the editor to call back. A November 2000 issue of Library Journal called Simon Perchick the most widely published unknown poet in America. He died on June 14, 2022 in New York City. He was 98 years old. You can find books by Gary Mitras and Simon Perchick in our online catalog. Also look for links in the show notes. Please join us next time for The Beat. Thank you for listening to and sharing this podcast from Knox County Public Library in Knoxville, Tennessee. Music by Chad Crouch. Explore life-changing resources on our website, knoxcountylibrary.org. Find our podcasts under the programs menu, including over 100 book and author talks. knoxcountylibrary.org, your essential connection for lifelong learning and information. Thank you.